Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Father, teach us what truth is. Father, we just ask you to go inside of these bodies, these temples, Lord, where your spirit lives today. Father, we ask you to turn over the money changers, Lord, to remove all unclean things, Father, this day. Father, we ask you to go into the deep parts, Father, within us, Lord, the dark and dingy parts, the areas that we haven't allowed you to touch before, Lord, and we ask you to renew our minds and conform us to the image of Christ, Lord. We ask you for the mind of Christ today, Lord. We ask you that Jesus, Yeshua, would be magnified, Lord, and that truth and righteousness, justice and holiness, Father, and that your power would be restored to your church, your people, your bride, so that we would be without spot or blemish or wrinkle when you return, Father, that you will find us with our lamps trimmed, our wicks totally trimmed, Father, not blowing out dark, dirty, dingy smoke, Lord, but burning bright, Father, that it would light up the entire room every time we walk in, Lord. Holy Spirit, teach us truth today. Show us your will, your words, and your righteousness, Father. Show us, Jesus, your holiness, your throne room, your kingdom, and your glory. And I ask this, as you are our high priest, B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Amen and Amen. Brothers and sisters, what is the gospel? Now, when I just said that, every single one of you had a thought in your mind of what the gospel is. What is the gospel? Now, take what you just thought, hold on to it, set it aside, write it on a piece of paper, go ahead, write it down, And let's look and see if what you just wrote down matches what the scriptures say. Amen? Can we do that today? Can we allow the Holy Spirit to interpret the Word of God? Because He's the one who authored it. It says that all scripture is God-breathed, right? The word breath in the Greek is pneuma, and it means wind. It means that the breath of life... The wind of God, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost with a sound of a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit is always likened unto wind. And when the breath of God, when Jesus came back to the disciples and he went into the room and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, it says that he, it says he breathed upon them. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe upon you today? I'm very serious. I take the gospel of, 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 of God, this message, this truth, the good news, I take it very seriously, and I hope you do too. What is the gospel? Well, let's start out with what Paul says, and I want to read you just a few scriptures, and then we're going to go to what the Bible says the gospel really is. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 and 5, listen to what he says, my message and my preaching, what's he saying? What I said to you, 
what the message that I proclaim to you, the things I spoke to you, the things that I have given you, church, he said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Listen, he's saying he wants your faith to rest on God's power, but it gets even deeper. First Corinthians chapter four, verses 19 and 20. Listen to what he says. He says this, but I have come to you and I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God is of power. So now we're talking about the kingdom. What is the kingdom and what is the gospel? My goodness, these are very important questions for us as followers of Jesus to really make sure that we properly understand. So what does the Bible say about the gospel? Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I had a brother whom I love very dearly. He came to me not too long ago. He said, John... What's the gospel? I said, brother, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is. Listen to it. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Listen to what he says. The gospel is the power of God. The good news is the power of God. That's the good news. The good news is God has the power, and it is the power of God which is displayed to bring salvation unto mankind. God's power is so great that though yet we rejected him and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He rose from the dead. The power of God got the death, the keys of death and hell, right? Then that power restores man back to its original created state, which was in the Garden of Eden, where man and God now have full connection and relationship with each other so that we, you and I, as born-again followers of Jesus Christ, can have connection with the Father so that we can speak to God with a clear and, 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 and concise conscience that God is who God is, the I am who I am, who has all power, all dominion, all authority over all thrones and principalities and powers and spirits, that he himself is God and that nothing can stop God from what he originally intended for mankind, regardless of anybody and everything that rebels against him, including Satan and his own creation. That's the power of God. That's a big big difference from any other belief system in the world. Any other God that's out there is a fake and a phony because he cannot. Those gods cannot save you. The God of money cannot save you. The God of Buddha cannot save you. The God of Hinduism cannot save you. The God of Muhammad cannot save you. 
These are all works-based religions, but they cannot bring you away from sin. They only pad it. God sent his one and only son to die for you in your place. He took his sins upon himself because he loves you, died and rose again. And then he says to you, if you'll come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. He says, listen, I will give you rest for your souls because, listen, I died to remove Sin, not to pad sin like every other religion tries to do. See, the gospel is the power of God, not just to pad sin, to remove sin, to bring us to right standing with the Father. That is the power of God. That's a gospel, brothers and sisters. That is the gospel. Listen to what that power is. Listen, Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. And it says this, Ephesians, my goodness, I, this is this is just powerful. Ephesians chapter one, verses 15 to 23, right? He says this, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers. I keep asking that God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the gracious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may what? Know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. What we just said it far above all rule. All authority, power, dominion, and every title that can be given. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Listen, if your God that you believe in does not have authority over every single aspect of creation, if he doesn't have every authority over the demons in your life, if he doesn't have the authority over the sickness in your life and in your family, brothers and sisters, then you're worshiping the wrong God. You have a God created in your own image because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God the Father, your Father, your Heavenly Father, says that He took the curse upon Himself on the cross through Jesus. He's a big God. He's not a little God. He's concerned about every little tiny thing going on in your life. He even told Adam when He created him, listen, God was so concerned about the details that when He created Adam in the garden... He told Adam to name the animals. God was so concerned about the naming of the animals that he told Adam, listen, do you think that God is not concerned about every little thing? Jesus said that he even knows every single hair, the numbers of the hairs on your head. This is the gospel, brothers and sisters. This is the power of God. God knows everything. But we've we've got a, a wrong conception. We're birthing the wrong things. Listen to what happened in Matthew 22 and verse 28 and 29. Jesus warns us and Jesus gives us this example so that we ourselves would not fall into the deceit and the trap of the adversary, the enemy. Matthew 22, verse 28 and 29 it's a it's a, a picture, okay? The Sadducees are coming to Jesus and they're asking him a, a trick question. 
about the resurrection of the dead. And he says, listen, a man had a, a, a wife and the man died. OK. And the wife remarried. And then that husband died. And then the wife remarried. And then that husband died. And then the wife remarried. And so at the resurrection, when everybody is raised back to life, whose husband will she be? And they thought they were tricking him. It says, finally, the, it says, finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, this is verse 27, 28. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, you are in error, because you do not know the scriptures, or what? The power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Listen, Jesus said, listen, because you have a wrong concept of the scriptures, you've been taught incorrectly and you teach incorrectly, you don't know the power of God. That the gospel is the power of God. But Jesus told the religious people, you error in the scriptures and therefore you don't know the power of God. This is very dangerous territory to tread on. Listen, he told them, you are in error. Why? Because they didn't know the scriptures. Because they didn't know the power of God. So listen, it's important for us to understand, number one, the power of God. The power to salvation. Romans 1.16. And the power to become God's children. God's children. Listen, we're being born from above. We have the power and authority. We are the only people in the world who have the power and authority to be called children of God because we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, John chapter 1, verse 10 through 14 says this. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. We're talking about Jesus. He came to them which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human descent, or of a husband's will, but born of God. He gave us the right who believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the right to be called children of God. This is the good news. We have a father who loves us. We have a heavenly father who loves us. And he died for us so that we would become his children. We're not orphans if we believe in Jesus. But if you don't believe in him, you're an orphan. You don't know him. You can't know him apart from the Lord Jesus. But what about the kingdom? We talked about the gospel. What is the kingdom? Again, we have this concept of what the kingdom is. And we have all these theologies and all of these, these things that we, we spew. But what does the Bible say? Again, I just want to read you the Bible. I want you to be able to pick up your Bible. I want you to be able to read your Bible. And I want you to be able to understand your Bible. That's the power of God. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the author. It's best to know the author of the book. It's best to know the intent of what the author was trying to say. And listen, unless you're born again, you don't have the author living inside of you. You don't have the deposit of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important. It's so dangerous for you 
as an individual to try to interpret the Bible without the Holy Spirit. That causes denominations, divisions, and all kinds of things, which has divided us for so long. Listen, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, it says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but what? Of righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. It is righteousness. It is the the absolute being in right standing with our Heavenly Father that can only be done through Jesus Christ and what Jesus did on the cross. No matter of works, no goodness that, that, that you think you have is going to be good enough apart from the blood of Jesus. Anything that you do apart from the blood of Jesus will burn. It is worthless. It is filthy rags to our Father. He says, listen, I want you to be in right standing, and I'm going to make it through Christ. I'm going to make it so you can be in right standing. And it's not going to be because you're great. It's not going to be because I think you're absolutely perfect at everything you do, and therefore I'm going to choose you. Listen, while you're yet a sinner, I'm going to send Christ to die for you, and he is going to be your righteousness. You're going to clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. So listen, the, the, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. Peace. What is peace? What is peace? Peace is absolute completion. The word peace in the Hebrew is shalom. The, 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 the Greek word is irene. According to the word of God, peace in the Greek means completeness, right? And in Hebrew, in Hebrew, it means rest. It is complete rest in God, in his authority. It is an undivided connection, literally complete, not divided. Something that is complete is not lacking in any good thing. Something that is complete is not missing any pieces. In other words, you are not complete apart from God the Father, but in God the Father, in the kingdom, you are complete through what Jesus did on the cross. You're undivided. You are connected with the Father. It's completeness, not lacking anything, total rest in God's ability and control over every situation, constant state of rest, tranquility, and harmony. Righteousness, right standing with God, completeness, complete being connected with the Father the way you originally were created for an undivided connection and rest in Him. But what else does it say? It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy... In the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, listen, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Don't get me wrong, but listen, there is a point where the Holy Spirit rests upon you and not just in you. I want you to follow along with me here for a minute. When the Holy Spirit came down on Yeshua, on Jesus, when he was baptized, it said the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. Now, imagine a dove comes down and lands on your shoulder right now. The Holy Spirit comes down and lands on your shoulder right now. And you don't want the Holy Spirit to to leave. You don't want the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit is in you. But the Holy Spirit wants to rest upon you. And if the Holy Spirit is sitting on your shoulder and you don't want to disturb, you don't want the Holy Spirit to, 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 to be offended, you don't want the Holy Spirit to be grieved, you don't, want, you don't want to lie to the Holy Spirit, you don't want the Holy Spirit to, 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 to re- remove himself, his presence from you, not the Holy Spirit leaves you, but that is presence, his, his, the awareness of his presence. You don't want the Holy Spirit to fly away and he's a dove sitting on your shoulder right now. How are you going to walk around? You're going to walk around very 
very carefully. You're going to look at every step you make. You're going to look at every obstacle in front of you. You're going to see everything in your world in relation to the reality that the dove, the Holy Spirit, is resting upon you. And the Holy Spirit is watching every single thing that is happening in your life. The Holy Spirit is sitting there and looking around and looking around and seeing what you're going to do. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you and to guide you and to lead you in all truth. So when you come up to the obstacle, the Holy Spirit is sitting there. You realize the Holy Spirit's sitting there. The Holy Spirit doesn't just sit on your shoulder. The Holy Spirit says, here's a way around that. Here's the way through that. Here's the way to not be disturbed. Here is completeness. Here is rest. Here is right standing with the Father. Here is joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, listen, joy, joy is not circumstantial. Happiness is. Everybody wants to be happy these days. You know, everybody just wants to be happy. But happiness is circumstantial. Joy is consistency. Joy is having the joy of the Lord no matter what you're going through. Do you have that? Are you going through something right now and you just can't seem to find the joy of the Lord? I ask you to get on your hands and knees before our Father and ask the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But if you're not in the Holy Spirit, if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, if you're not heeding to the Holy Spirit's voice, how are you going to have the joy of the Lord, which is what is said to be our strength? And the gospel is the power of God. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And the Holy Spirit is the one that rose Christ from the dead. This is powerful stuff. You need to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9 and verse 1, this is Mark chapter 9 and verse 1. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus stepped into a boat, right? It says, And he came to his town, some men who brought him a paralytic laying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Take heart, your sins are forgiven. At this time, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. And he said this, listen. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority over the earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, get up, take up your mat and go home. That's the power of God. The power of God is good enough, strong enough, and sufficient enough to forgive the sins in your life. What you can do right now is you can get on your hands and knees before the Father and you can ask Him to forgive you. You can say, Father, I am sorry, Lord, that I have grieved your spirit. I am so sorry. The kingdom of God comes in power. Acts chapter 1. I want to leave you with one final scripture. Listen to Acts chapter 1. This is this is exactly what we need. This is what will bring the church together in these last days. I promise you. Why? Because unity is in the spirit. Listen to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Listen. 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you ask the Lord right now? Jesus said in Luke ten nineteen, he said, listen, I give you power. I give you power to trample the serpents, to s- trample on scorpions. You have authority in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, but you need the Holy Spirit. Listen, a, a church without the Holy Spirit's presence is like a bride showing up to a wedding without her dress on. It's like the bride showing up without the bridegroom. And you need the free gift that God has given us. So just pray with me right now. Father, I ask you right now to forgive me of my sins, Lord, and I need your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon me now in power. Stay with me. Rest on me, Father. Teach me how to work. Teach me how to live. Teach me how to be aware of your presence 24-7. I want to walk in this power that your word says that I have, Lord. Father, I love you so much. I know that you sent your son to die for me, Lord, and I want to die to myself, Lord. It's not a matter of me decreasing and you increasing. It's a matter of me dying so that you might live. Father, I ask you, I want to be what Romans 12.1 says, a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable sacrifice. I want to dedicate everything, all I have to you and your kingdom. Lord, I want to manifest your presence. Lord, I want to be a host. I want to invite, sit down, and sup. I want to be a host to your spirit, Lord. Show me your face. Show me your glory. Right now, Lord. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash Fruit of the Vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to... Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.